Hello, Mama. I hope you're having a glorious day. And for many of you, it's starting to maybe be summer. I know there's listeners from all around the world, so not all of you are on this page, but I know most of you are in the U.S. So for most of us, there's uh, some sun coming, and it's exciting. I know I'm excited for like summer weather every day instead of we've been having this back and forth weather, and I'm just ready for just playing in the water every day and shorts, and it's going to be great. But anyways, I am excited today to continue our series on biblical discipline. Uh, This is part of a longer series. It started in episode 85. Um, There's also a mom guilt series woven in with it. So uh, if you go back and listen, you'll kind of see both there. But there's been so many amazing things we've gotten to talk about that God has revealed to me. But what I'm sharing is a journey that God has taken me on because I have been trying to figure out the answers. How am I supposed to parent. What do I do? I kind of went into it a little naively thinking, oh, we'll figure it out. We got this. I don't know. You know, we'll figure out what we're going to do. I don't know. (laughs) And, uh, you know, quickly found out that wasn't going to work. And so then I kind of went and really learned a lot about what culture says and really bought into that for a while. But God kind of kept leading me and kept calling me to a different place. And so what I'm doing in all of this is sharing that journey with you and letting you in on what God has shown me. And I hope that it will uh, spur you on for your own journey to figure out what part, uh, what beliefs you have in parenting and where they came from. Did they come from the Bible? Did they come from culture? Did it come from your parents? Like, and holding everything to the light of God's truth, his word, the Bible, and making sure that everything aligns with his word. And so that's kind of the mission of this series is just to uh, equip you, but really to even more than that, send you on your own journey because you're going to have to do some of this work yourself. Like you're going to hear what I'm saying, and this is my journey and what God has spoken to me. And I believe that I'm representing him well, but some of the stuff you're going to have to kind of weed through yourself and figure out what you believe. And there are some different opinions out there that you can find. Like you can always find any opinion about anything that you want to. So you really got to get to a place where you hear God speaking this to you and you feel solid about this. I've had conversations with leaders. I've read books. There's been some such a long journey of what has been happening. And really the biggest part of what turned me on this journey was the Bible and God showing me some things in there that he wanted me to see. So make sure you go back and listen. This is the third one where we're kind of talking about some of the the how-tos or the, the ways to look and think about biblical parenting. And uh, a lot of what I'm sharing is based from the book Shepherding a Child's Heart. I really believe this is a really biblically sound book that I really love. Um, it's helped me a ton in my parenting. So I encourage you to go and read it. I'm going to share a lot of excerpts today. Excerpts? Excerpts? Excerpts today. <laughs> and um, just help help you see some of the cool things that they bring to light in the book. So we're going to dive back in. I'm excited. Let's do this. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. 
Okay, so jumping back into our conversation on biblical parenting um, and really kind of using a lot of the wisdom I have learned from the book Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. And one of the things I love about this book and really, uh, I really believe it is a biblical approach to parenting. Everything he talks about is founded, is is uh, rooted in scripture. And so what I love about it is not a one, two, three step approach. It's not like this simple, do these steps and you're set. He does give super practical steps. And, you know, you can also use the four steps that I have shared. But all that to say is it's not simple. It involves deep, heavy, hard, difficult conversations that you're going to have to navigate on a daily basis. And it requires a lot of energy and a lot of intentionality and making sure you don't close your eyes to behaviors that you see, but you call each one of them out. And let me tell you, it is a lot of work. There's no getting around that, but it will produce the beautiful fruit that you're looking for. But I don't think that parenting is meant to be easy. I believe that it's supposed to be this beautiful refining process that transforms us as we help these kids learn to navigate their sin nature and this world and help them understand what the truth is and that it that's that's not an easy process. So it's just just a, a disclaimer as you step into this, if you're going to give it a shot, it does require a lot of work, but it is well worth it because you are getting to the core of your kids. And that's what we're going to talk about today is these conversations that help get to your kid's heart. We talked last episode about the Bible and what the Bible says about our heart, and it's the wellspring of life. It's where all of our behavior comes from. And so we have to address the heart. If we want to talk about discipline, if we want to parent well, we've got to get to the heart, to the root of things, which for me, it just excites me because I love this kind of stuff. Though it is still exhausting, honestly, like as a parent, even though I love this stuff, it can be exhausting to try and navigate it. Um, But again, it's worth it. So, okay. So we're talking about the heart. Um, What I'm going to share first about today is this idea of um, a biblical approach to parenting. So we've taught, we keep using this phrase kind of a lie. I keep saying biblical parenting, but what this book helped me see is how to truly parent from a biblical lens. Because I think a lot of us, myself included, you know, we might have little conversations with God sometimes or about God uh, with our kids, or we might have a little devotional in the morning, or, you know, we might ask how church was and what they learned. And we have these little side conversations and those are great and and well-meaning and good. Like they are good. There's nothing wrong with them, but we miss seeing everything through the lens of God and scripture. And that every moment we are with our kids, there are so many opportunities to help them understand a biblical worldview. And as parents, we can get all of these different, even as Christian parents, we can get all of these different goals in our mind of what we want for our kids and and uh, what kind of guides our actions and, and the things we put our kids into and all these different things because of what we hope for for our kids. And we're going to talk some of the, about those specific goals. And those aren't bad, but a lot of times they are not rooted in God's word. They're not rooted in really the ultimate goal, which is getting our kids to love and follow Jesus. And we kind of unintentionally, I think, have kind of pushed aside 
this goal of getting our kids to love Jesus and follow him, for most of us, I think we kind of push it aside and made it into these small patches in our day, like going to church or doing a quick devotional in the morning or praying over our kids before they go to bed. And again, all of those things are necessary and good, but instead of seeing everything, every moment of uh, disobedience and every moment of a bad attitude and every moment of uh, helping them navigate different situations as these opportunities to teach them about God's word, we just bring it to these little recesses of our day. And so for me, this was so eye-opening because I didn't even think about this before. I didn't even think about how I could make every little situation into a way to teach them about God's word. And, you know, I'm going to give you a couple practical examples, but honestly, like this still, it doesn't come supernatural to me. I'm still trying to navigate how to do this. But one of my friends that told me about this book, and honestly, there had been many friends that had told me about this book. It took a while for me to actually pick it up. But One of them gave me this amazing example that I still remember, and she's actually going to come on the podcast soon and share some of her examples from how she parents her kids so you can get some super practical application for this. But the example I remember she shared with me is that, you know, she's teaching her son, who's uh, three, to uh, cut vegetables. And as she's doing that, she's teaching them why he's doing it, that he's doing it to serve his sister, that he's cutting up vegetables to to serve her. and to love her because God calls us to serve people. And that, that when we serve people, that's really where this life comes from. And it's like mind blowing to me what I never in the world would have thought of doing that. <laughs> and so this stuff excites me because I love conversations about God. And this is so incredible to equip our kids with this mentality so early on so that they can be walking in God's ways from the start. It's really really this goal of helping them love and follow Jesus should be central to all of our efforts, that we help our kids understand their actions, their motivations, their thoughts, all within the light of scripture. And one of the ways the book talks about this is through this lens of kind of looking at our goals as parents, like common goals that so many of us as parents have. And I found this so helpful to think about it because I just never thought this deeply about this before. So, you know, one of the goals a lot of our parents have might be to get your kids in all of the activities for the sake of social skills. Like you want your kids to be well socialized. You want them to know how to make friends. You want them to, you know, really uh, be so sociable and good at that, right? <laughs> so we get them in all these activities, but we don't always look at the the why of that. Like, what are we really doing? Are they in these activities really learning about God? Are they really getting to practice following him? Who are these leaders that are influencing influencing them in that space? Who are these friends that are influencing them in that space? What fully does that look like? And how is this helping them become these little Jesus followers? Or is it not? Now, I have nothing against social things, nothing against sports and fun activities and all of these kinds of things. But this is something I've talked about before, because I think right now there's a big emphasis in our culture on getting your kids in all the things all the time. And actually, while some of that is good, I think we need to rein it back a lot because really, I think what's far more important than that is to get to spend time with you and to get to walk with you through life and learn from you and be in conversations with you and watch you, you know, do 
sometimes boring tasks so they learn what it looks like to go to the post office and to make calls to the doctor and, and, and right, have these conversations about Jesus. And so I think we so easily can make this goal of socialization more important than them becoming Christ followers and more important than our relationship. So this is just another angle to ask yourself this question. Do my kids really need to be in all of these things? How is this equipping them to be the light of the world? How is this equipping them to be the people that God is calling them to be and to really step into who God made them to be? Some of it is probably, maybe, maybe not some of it. I don't know. You have to ask that question to yourself. Okay, the next goal that people often, parents often have that I think is especially in our culture right now is super common is this goal of psychological adjustment. And I'm going to read some excerpts from the book because I just thought this was so, so good. Uh, and it says, this is from page 41. It says, these gurus, is talking about the, the you know, psychological leaders like psychologists and uh, all this pop psychology about how to parent and what to do and all, you know, all these things. And there's a ton of that in our world right now, right? That's kind of a big bent on modern parenting is um, helping them have self-esteem. So this is what it says. It says, these gurus promise to teach you how to build self-esteem in your children. Have you noticed that no books promise to help produce children who esteem others? I love that. Like, I never thought about that before. Like, they don't really talk about how to help other people have that esteem. It says, how can you teach your children to function in God's kingdom? Where it is the servant who leads? If you teach them how to make the people in their world serve them. And I think, again, this is very evident in our culture right now. It's all about me. It's all about my feelings, my self-care, how I think about things, what's happening to me. It's not about uh, being a servant. It's not about uh, following authority. It's it's not about the greater uh, thing you're working towards. It's all about me. And so we got to be careful how much of uh, this our kids are learning from around us. The book goes on and it says, are these psychological goals for Christians? What passages of scripture direct you to these goals? And I just love this. Now, I do believe we've got to speak truth over our kids and and help them be confident that they are children of God. They are more than conquerors. They are beautifully and wonderfully made. But all of this is in the light of scripture. All of this is helping them understand how great they are because of how great God is and how great God made them, not on their own, not apart from God. And with that, one of the things that that makes them great is following God's commandments, being a servant, right? The first shall be last and the last shall be first. And so it's teaching them all of these things. We don't want to ignore the truth, speaking truth into our kids and helping them uh, be confident in who God made them to be. I don't think we should ignore that. And I think the church hasn't always done a good job at this. I think in the past, they, they you know, kind of veered too far in the other direction and didn't really help people navigate this space well. And so I believe we can't ignore nor it. However, it shouldn't be everything. And, and anything we do teach them about their self should be from God's word. What does God say about us? We find our identity in God. We find our identity in what the Bible says about us, not apart from that. 
So a few other goals that that we might fall into as parents. Um, he has a whole section on getting our kids saved. Now, obviously, this isn't a bad goal. However, we can't make it the primary goal because we can never really know for sure what is going on in the heart of our kid, like if, if they've really surrendered their heart to God. And ultimately, these kids, whether they surrender their heart to God or not, they need the same kind of training. And so we can't we can't make that the only goal. We have to, to train them up in the same way. And we're going to talk about what a godly goal does look like in a minute. Um, uh, some other ones is family devotional time. So again, this isn't bad, but he just talked about how when, when this is uh, not connected to any other thing that's happening in the house, you have this time, it's separate, like you have it, which is great, but then there's no continued conversation about it. And there's no reflection of that in your family. And there's no helping your kids kind of uh, hold to that standard that you learned about in this devotional time. Like this actually is kind of getting off into an ungodly goal because you're just checking a box at that point. You're not helping your kids live that out. And all of these, like, don't feel guilty from these. These are just to bring awareness so we, we can understand how we've gotten off in our goals, which is can be so easy because I think most of us didn't learn a lot of this stuff. Another goal parents often have, and I love that he addresses this, is a, an ungodly goal that we often have is, well, behave children. Like, we want our children to behave well, and this is the goal of how we parent and how we discipline. And this is in an, itself an unworthy, ungodly goal. Because the thing is, if your goal is just well-behaved kids, you are open to, Ted Tripp talks about hundreds of temptations to expediency because you're just focused on their behavior, just focused on making sure they're behaving. And if they're not, then, you know, they're out of line and you're going to make sure they behave well. And like I talked about, the work with the heart, it takes a lot more time and a lot more energy and a lot more intentionality. And so if all we're worried about is them behaving well, we're going to miss the core part of helping them get their heart right and helping them understand what's going on in their heart. And so if their heart isn't right, then their good behavior is really just becomes manipulation. We do not want to teach our kids that. And so the goal is actually not just to have well-behaved kids. That's not the goal. Okay, a couple others, good education. So this is this goal that so many of us can fall into of wanting our child to achieve these high academic awards and get all A's and have scholarly recognition and accomplish all of these things educationally and go to the best college. And while those aren't bad, that does not necessarily, just those goals in and of itself does not necessarily bring about a healthy or successful life. I think we have seen this in our generation. You know, there was such a big emphasis on academics and college and a lot of people that aimed for that and even, you know, got it, got those accolades and got into the best colleges are now super confused about what to do, super unhealthy, right? And so I think we we got to make sure that that is not our, our primary goal. Okay, the last one I'm going to mention is control. Um, this is really when you're just concerned about public appearance, that you want to make sure your kids look good for everyone else so that you can look like good parents. And this is not a godly goal. I think we can all recognize that, though I think all of us at times can easily fall into this. Okay, so those are some examples of how a lot of us have gotten off in our goals as parents. And really, we are not 
putting the central goal on helping our kids become who God created them to be. And so I'm going to read um, a pretty long excerpt again from the book. This is from page 45 and 46. And this is really, really helpful for me, at least, to understand what it looks like to create a godly goal and what is really the goal of all of our parenting. Okay, so it says, like Old Testament Israel, you too are subject to the powerful influence of your culture. We talk about that a lot. Like Israel, you must reject things in a culture that are abhorrent to Jehovah, your God. So this is kind of talking about going through all those goals I just mentioned and making sure like a lot of those our culture brings up as important. Our culture says you need to have good grades. Our culture says you need to be socialized. Our culture says you need to have good psychological adjustment. And so we have to make sure even with our goals, we're holding them to the truth of God's word and and saying, is this my goal? Is this God's goal or is this culture's goal? And it goes on to say, what goal is broad enough and flexible enough to be suitable to all stages of child development? And he goes to this question and it says, what is the chief end of man? And the answer is man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And he says, is there any other goal that is worthy? says you must equip your children to function in, to function in a culture that has abandoned the knowledge of God. If you teach them to use their abilities, aptitudes, talents and intelligence to make their lives better without reference to God, you turn them away from God. If your objectives are anything other than man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, you teach your children to function in the culture on its terms. Ah, is this not eye-opening to you? I know it was for me. He goes on to say, how do we do this? We pander to their desires and wishes. We teach them to find their soul's delight in going places and doing things. We attempt to satisfy their lusts for excitement. We fill their young lives with distractions from God. We give them material things and, and take delight in their delight in possessions. Then we hope that somewhere down the line, they will see that a life living is found only in knowing and serving God. Oh my goodness, is this crazy to think about? Now, I want to take a minute and say, it doesn't make those things wrong. Like, I don't think it's wrong to give our kids gifts. God's, you know, and the Bible talks about him being a good father and he knows how to give good gifts to his children. So there's nothing wrong with giving your kids gifts. There's nothing wrong with taking them on trips. But in all of it, our goal needs to be that we're helping them follow God, to glorify God, to become the children of God they were created to be. And so we have to make sure all of our actions and conversations are aligned with that goal. It's not just to buy them so many gifts so they are happy, right? See the difference? Like it's not bad to give them a gift, but if our goal is to to make them so happy and not want anything, that's not a good goal. That's going to lead to selfishness and, and idolizing possessions. He goes on to say, no wonder we lose our kids. We lose them because we fail to think clearly about man's chief end. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Therefore, your objective in every context, every season of parenting, every moment, it must be to set a biblical worldview before your children. 
So I just know for me, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but that was just so helpful to rethink how I did everything in parenting, how I approached everything, every conversation, like just like we started with about the toy and and who gets the toy and what kind of conversations do you have around it. If we're not taking into account a biblical worldview in, in every way that we parent, we're missing so much. And a lot of times we're inadvertently just teaching them the ways of culture instead of the ways of God. Okay, so we know the goal. We have a couple examples about how to do this, but really, how do we live this out? What does that look like? How do we really dive into this? And now the book is going to talk a lot more about it than I can really expand on today, but I'm going to talk a little bit about communication and especially when it comes to discipline and what that looks like around discipline and helping them understand their heart. So we are going to be really good question askers, which you know I love all about the questions. And the same thing goes for our kids. We have to be really curious to help get them to a place where they can understand their heart, where they can learn to take their heart and align it to God's word and speak truth over it. And as we do this, as we ask these questions and and communicate with them, we have to remember that it's all about a dialogue and not a monologue. Now, I know I can even fall into this, even though I love questions. I I, I sometimes just want to give lecture, right? I, I love teaching. And so sometimes I go into lecture mode and it becomes a monologue and I catch myself and I remind myself this isn't a monologue. I, my goal is to have my children talk back to me, not disrespectfully, but have a conversation with me. Tell me what's going on with them. I need them to do that. Otherwise, I'm not going to be effective. And so I'm going to give you some examples of questions to ask from the book that are super helpful. But as you're having these conversations, you need to focus on understanding. Really, that's your goal is really to understand. You have to, in in order to do this, you've got to get out of a place of anger. You've got to take a break before you go in and talk to your kids about whatever moment just happened. You have got to be regulated, which means if you don't know how to do that, make sure you do, you go through restoration uh, theory model and get your four steps in place so you can regulate so that you can be present with your kids. If you're not regulated, you're not going to be able to be present and focus on understanding them. You're just going to be in your own pain. So Here's some of the questions. If, if there's a moment, kid makes a mistake, has a moment of sin, this is the conversation, what it can look like afterwards. So here's some of the questions. It says, what were you feeling when you hit your sister? What did your sister do to make you mad? Help me better understand how hitting her seemed to make things better. I love these questions because it's like you're not ignoring the feelings, right? You're trying to understand what led to that behavior. We're not excusing the behavior. There's still going to be a consequence in place, but you're trying to get to it and understand them. You're really on their team in this moment by trying to understand what was happening. We're not just ignoring what they're feeling. We're not ignoring that moment that led up to it. We're helping them understand it. Um, some more say, help me better understand how hitting her seemed to make things better. What was the problem with what she was doing to you? In other ways, could you have, what, what other ways could you have responded? 
How do you think your response reflected trust or lack of trust in God's ability to care for you and protect you? Now, obviously, depending on the age, some of these would be too much. Um, But, you know, with my little, I mean, asking him what he was feeling or trying to name that feeling for him. Hey, I wonder, you know, mommy was doing the dishes. I wonder if you were feeling uh, alone or you're feeling unloved or, you know, whatever this is, or maybe you're feeling out of control because sissy was taking your toy. So trying to understand that feeling. And sometimes I will try and name it for him so that he can have more language to describe what was going on. So you see how this is going to take a lot of energy and a lot of time. Every time they have that moment of sin, you want to go and do this. You want to get to the bottom of what is going on. And it takes time and energy and intentionality, but it's worth it because you are really getting to the core of your child and you're helping them learn how to make those better choices and why they're making those choices in the first place. What is going on in their heart? And going to some excerpts in the book, um, Ted Chip says, as he answers the questions, your role is to help him understand himself and speak with clarity and honesty about his internal struggles with sin. So again, you're just trying to get to his heart and, and help him understand what's going on. So now I want to read to you a section that we were just kind of referencing about counting the cost. I just think this is so important because you're going to feel it as soon as you go and try and do this. You're going to feel it, feel the weight, feel how hard it is, but you can't give up. So this is what it says. Honest, thorough, truly biblical communication is expensive. Insightful and penetrating conversations take time. Children require both time and flexibility. Children do not pour their hearts out or open themselves up on on a demand schedule. A wise parent talks when the kids are in the mood. This may require dropping everything else to seize a critical moment. You must be a good listener. You will or you will miss precious opportunities when you only half listen to your children. Right? How much energy does that take? He said, stop sometimes and think about what you heard. Think too about what you have not heard. Stopping and listening provides time to pray silently, to refocus and be creative in your conversation. Good communication is expensive in other areas. The stamina and spiritual energy that searching conversation requires often seems overwhelming. Parents sometimes miss valuable opportunities because they feel too tired to follow through. And I just think that's so important to acknowledge because what we're talking about isn't simple. It isn't easy against on a one, two, three approach. Like there are steps to do, but it's going to require your heart. If you want to get to your child's heart, you have to lay your heart on the table. You have to lay your time, your energy, your intentionality on the table so that you can really be with them in that moment and help them understand. And it is not simple or easy. You're going to have to have a lot of patience and you're going to have to be prepared to sacrifice but it is so worth it. So obviously there's so much more to learn about all of this, but I hope this sparks some excitement for you. I hope you're excited about trying to have some of these conversations and get to the heart of your kid. And I really encourage you to read the whole book so you have a little bit more context and he breaks it up by ages. And so it's super helpful. And we're going to talk more about this book when we, when we start talking about spanking uh, soon, which I know is a tricky topic and I'm going to do everything I can to just help lay it out um, with love and honesty 
and the Bible, and I, you can go on your own journey with it, but we'll talk about that more uh, in the next episode in this series. Um, but I hope that you're excited about these conversations. I think all of us, no matter where you land on the parenting spectrum, can be excited about these kind of conversations. Just get ready to, you know, pour your heart out a little bit, but it'll be worth it. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for your heart, God. I thank you that as your children, God, that you love us so much that you pour yourself out to us, God, that you pour yourself out to us so that we could be with you and that you meet us where we're at and have these kind of conversations with us all the time, God. And thank you for your patience, God, and our stubbornness and our slow to learn, God. Thank you that you're right there, ready to sit and listen, God. And I just pray that you would help all of us, God. I know this can be so hard when we're exhausted from the day. God, give us the energy, God. Give us the motivation, God. Give us the patience to have these kind of conversations, God. And we just pray that you would bless them, Lord, and just produce so much beautiful fruit from them, God. We thank you for what you're doing in all of this. We thank you for this model of how to talk to our kids, God. You're so good, and we love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, Mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Mama.